Welcome to Unstuck, the holistic Christian life, the show where we talk all things holistic Christian living from mindset and mental health to exercise and nutrition to boundaries and relationships and toxic Christian culture. And overall, how to get unstuck from a life of less than to live a life of purpose, resilience, and joy. We don't shy away from the hard stuff here, but embrace it, challenging women to surpass the status quo and boldly live the life that God created them for. I'm your host, Sarah, certified fitness trainer and holistic health and life coach. Let's dive in. Today's episode is sponsored by Body, the online wellness platform that will completely change the game for you like it did for me a decade ago. This is the all-in-one wellness app with everything you need in one place, from a huge variety of fitness plans to simple and easy to follow nutrition that will transform your relationship with food, alongside with mindset and meditation tools. I started using Body 10 years ago now. Wow, can't believe it's been that long. (laughs) When I was really struggling in a season with direction, struggling with purpose in my life, and it just really helped me to find myself again. And it's actually the reason that I'm a health and life coach today. It changed my mindset from one of beating myself up to actually empowering me with the practical tools to help me achieve my own health and even life goals. There are so many options to choose from to get started, but my favorite is their Total Solution Pack, which is actually the same package that I started with a decade ago. It comes with a monthly subscription to their app, which you can actually access from your phone or laptop, so you can do it from home or even at the gym, with thousands of different workouts to choose from, so you can actually find workouts that you enjoy. It also comes with an awesome customizable nutrition plan and my all-time favorite superfood smoothie that's packed with superfoods, quality protein, and nutrients. And like I said, I've been drinking this for a decade now. It's actually healed so many different gut problems that I was having, and I'm just, I'm a huge forever fan of it. So go ahead, check that out through the link below. This is the total solution that you need to really start off 2024 on the right foot and really keep the momentum going. Welcome back. I am so glad you're here with me today. I just have one question to ask. How's your new year kicking off? (laughs) We are already in February, which is so hard for me to believe. (laughs) We took a break from our series last week for my special birthday episode in honor of my 30th birthday. I came here with 30 biggest lessons I've learned in my life so far, which was crazy. So if you missed that, um, it was such a powerful episode. It was powerful for me to write, and I feel like it's really just going to be a powerful transformational episode for you as well. So go back and give that a listen if you haven't yet. And also tell me which lesson that stood out to you the most and what you'd like to maybe hear me talk a little bit more deeply on because those some of those could have been whole episodes. So (laughs) I definitely would love to dive into some of those deeper, but I'd love to hear from you like what really stood out to you most. We are coming into this week to continue our series titled The Secret to Getting Unstuck This Year and Creating a Life You Love in 2024. And I'm so excited for this. So what's the secret? Do you remember? It's a strong, powerful, unique to you, high quality wellness routine, a strategic wellness routine, custom to you and your life and your needs right now in this season. If you're feeling stuck or unsure of how to move forward in your life, it all starts here. And if you're feeling stuck or unsure of where to get started in your wellness routine, 
I'm laying it all out for you in this simple three-part series that is really just going to help you get clear on exactly what you need and help you lay the groundwork to create that real lasting change this year. Okay, so you get your pen. There are six essential elements to have a powerful, transformative wellness routine, and they are these. Mindset, movement, nutrition, meditation, rest, and spiritual life or spiritual formation. Now, to briefly recap, in the first episode of this series, we discussed our first two tools listed there, mindset and movement. So if you haven't yet heard that episode, I recommend you go back and give that a listen um, after this episode or even now if you want. The, The mindset element is just really, really powerful part of the whole thing. It really helps to set up how we work through every other piece of this puzzle. Today, we're diving into part two and we'll be covering nutrition and meditation. Next week, we'll dive super deep into our final two, rest and spiritual life or spiritual formation. And those two next week are really just the keys, I feel, that unlock all of this goodness. So you don't want to miss out on that next week. Now, I want you to look at each of these elements as I've I think I've already just said here, tools. We want to look at them as tools in your tool belt for life. You're here because you're likely tired with how things have gone in the past. Maybe you're burnt out with a typical year-end New Year resolution hoopla, right? That never really leads anywhere anyway, and just keeps you stuck in the same place year after year. Sis, you're in the right place. (laughs) So let me just start by saying, first and foremost, how proud I am of you for showing up for yourself today, right here, right now. This is awesome. This is a huge deal. This is a big step. We often judge ourselves by how others around us are doing, right? Gosh, especially in this social media-driven age, like I struggle with it daily. It's like a constant fight when really we should only be judging ourselves on if we're a little bit better than we were yesterday. (laughs) Our life journey is all our own. No one else's and should really only be compared to ourselves and our growth. So wherever you find yourself today, after 2023, starting 2024, I want you to just take a moment and journal some of these answers to these questions. So grab your pen and your journal and pause me if you need to. Here we go. First question is, what is one thing that I accomplished last year that I am proud of? Two, what is an unexpected lesson that I learned last year that even though it might have been painful, I'm truly grateful for? And lastly, what are my expectations for 2024? Why are those my expectations? Why are they in alignment with the person that I want to become and the lifestyle that I want to live? Okay, if you need to pause this, which you likely will, please go ahead and do that now so you can really just take some time right here, right now to reflect and maybe throw on a timer for five minutes to just jot out the first thoughts that come into your head. More than anything, the battle that we face, even through emotional hardships, through relational uphills and downhills, and even grief, the battle that we face is the war in our mind. We war against what we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, our expectations for ourselves. We punish ourselves with mean-spirited thoughts and words, making it hard to actually make progress because mentally or even subconsciously, we're just too busy beating ourselves up. And the place we often see this most is with body image and food. 
how we look, how we think we look, how we want to look, if we fit in with the crowd, if we look better than that person, how we believe we should look, be, or feel. Now, the purpose of this episode is not to be like a diatribe on the societal issues of body image, right? That That's for another place, another time. Um, but what I really, really want to speak to here is our relationship with food as medicine, with food as friend with food as healing and nurturing and nourishing, and with our body as a vessel that houses us, that keeps us safe and looks after us and protects us. We spend so much time tearing ourselves down in the mirror, beating ourselves up for eating things that we regret, and all this actually does is keep us stuck in exactly the same place that we don't want to be, in this loop of shame, guilt, desire, binge, shame again. It doesn't actually help us get out of it, which is what we really need, right? A hand to lift us up above the battle and to help set us on the right path. So for our nutrition section today, I have three goals that I hope can be pivotal, can be a pivotal moment for you in creating a relationship with yourself and with food that one, honors God, two, heals your body and your mind, and three, empowers you with confidence to walk boldly forward without fear. In this series, we are talking a lot about mindset and belief being the lens through which we perceive the world and therefore live in the world and act in the world. The reality is that the way we treat ourselves, the way we take care of ourselves or don't take care of ourselves, the way we choose to nurture or choose not to nurture ourselves, the way we choose to speak to ourselves and the risks we take on behalf of ourselves all directly affect the measure to which we experience joy, meaning, purpose, and abundance in our lives. The places we choose to stay in direct the trajectory of where we're able to go. And everything is a choice. Now, for the purpose of this episode, I will just clarify a lot of life circumstances happen to us, right? That don't feel like like a choice, right? Maybe we lose a job or there's a death of a loved one. Those are not the things I'm referring to. I'm more referring to how we are responding to things, okay? Everything is a choice. So if you are currently staying where you are, if you're currently staying stuck where you are, It's because to some degree, you have decided to stay there. So when someone says to me, I want to lose weight, right? But they continue to make the same decisions around food, exercise, their environment that are keeping them stuck there, it's because they are actively choosing that path. Every path is a decision. Now here's the paradigm shift. Are you ready? Here's the big idea. Everyone is always winning the game that they are playing. I'm going to say that again. Everyone is always winning the game they are playing. So what does that mean? It means that people work perfectly to produce the results they are getting. I'm going to say that one more time as well. I know it takes a second. It means that people work perfectly to produce the results they are getting. So say you've been eating nourishing meals for a few days, right? You're trying to get in a good habit, a good routine. Your energy's up. You're starting to feel amazing. You feel energized. You feel good. But then you get distracted by your busy schedule and your meals become erratic again and 
you get stressed out and you don't feel good. You might think that you're self-sabotaging, right? Things were going well and then you messed up by getting distracted. But I want to suggest that that's not entirely true. What's really happening is you are playing and winning the game of feeling erratic, meaning that you are valuing the feeling of erratic more than the feeling of stability and physical calm and even energy that comes with consistent nourishing meals. You are more comfortable with erratic than with calm. Another example is something I've heard. It's the I don't deserve to eat game saying, I've been bad. I don't deserve to eat. Like I'm going to skip this meal. I just binged on that. So I'm skipping all my food tomorrow (laughs) or something, something kind of dramatic, right? If you're playing this game, then you will have a very hard time having regular, consistent, delicious, nourishing meals, because that would mean you are losing the game of I don't deserve to eat. You might accidentally erase mealtimes or have emergencies during mealtime. You might forget the high-quality food for yourself at home or at work or obsessively look at pictures of skinnier women or whatever, you know, thinking whatever diet she's doing is, is going to work better than this dumb thing that I'm trying to do. But you're not self-sabotaging and you don't need some magic pill. What you do need is to understand that you are winning the game of I don't deserve to eat. You may be using food to self-medicate, to self-soothe as a calming agent to cope with life, but what this does after an initial relief is it just adds anxiety, right? It adds to the anxiety that we're fighting. So you have to ask yourself this, what is it that you're avoiding? What is that? What is it that feels so overwhelming that I'm needing to self-medicate or numb out with food? A powerful realization here is that behind every behavior like this, there is a positive intention. Behind every behavior, there is a positive intention. So what is likely behind this is the desire to protect yourself for one. Maybe deep down, you don't believe that you can take care of yourself or you don't believe that you can cope with the big challenges in a certain relationship or in life. Um, And if for this example, you're looking to feel protected and safe, ask yourself, do you need food to do that? So ask yourself, what is it in these, what, what are the emotions that I'm feeling? What is it that I really need in these times? right? And then say, do I need food to do that? Or do I need, you know, do I need alcohol to do that? Do I need, insert your, your struggle there. The fact is that we get addicted often to these baseline states, addicted to anxiety, addicted to the erratic, to the stress. And in that situation, we are choosing that life over another. So, I just want to get curious. There's no judgment here. This is a totally judgment-free zone. The goal here is really just to create that awareness and loving curiosity so we can ask ourselves this one question. Can I play a different game? Can I learn a new way? Do I want to play a different game? 
Choosing what game you're playing is a very important choice that you need to make when you are ready. When you feel it in your bones and decide that you're ready to play a different game. When you release your fear of feeling the pain of learning how to deal with hard things. I want you to see that your relationship with food is so much more than just you and food. It's often rooted in long-held beliefs about yourself and about the world and patterns of behavior and even fears that just keep you from living optimally, from living that life that you want. So I have a few journal prompts here for you based around this, but even if you're, something you're struggling with is, is different than the scenarios I've listed above, just craft these questions exactly around what game you're playing in your relationship with food, okay? One, when during the week or during the day even, do I grab that food, coffee, binge chips, what is it, that crutch? When during the day or the week do I go and grab that food that I've been leaning on? Two, is it prompted by something in my life? like a stressor, a challenging meeting at work, or seeing someone that causes stress, whatever it is. Is it prompted by something in my life? Three, what emotions am I feeling in that moment? Four, what am I afraid of in that moment? Five, how can I show myself gratitude for the way that I've been working to protect myself through this behavior? Six, am I ready to play a different game? If so, what is the game that I would like to play? (sighs) This is heavy stuff. I know there's a lot here. There's so much more that we could dive into. If you're looking to go further into transforming your relationship with food without the fear of falling back on it, I'm so excited to share this super limited opportunity that I have opening up this spring, and it's my 14-day mind-body detox. We all know how important it is to release the weight of stress, of the negative emotions, of even the extra weight of our that our body has been holding on to because of the stress, right? So this is a quick and powerful way to lose weight from your body and your mind, to gain back the energy and clarity, clear up the brain fog, and just feel good again, maybe even better than you've even felt before. This two-week group will give you everything you need for inevitable success, including the detox guide with step-by-step nutrition, a meal plan, recipes, grocery list, and even a daily tracker. But not only that, you will have group coaching sessions led by moi and a group of other women around you to support you through it. And above all, it's simple because if I've learned anything in my decade of nutrition and fitness coaching, it's that keeping it simple is key. Believe it or not, you are just two weeks away from a totally transformed you. This is a limited opportunity as I only offer this 14-day detox a couple of times a year and I'm capping the number of members to keep it personal and fun. Oh, and I almost forgot, but for the first five women who sign up, I'm offering $100 off, making this just a total steal that you do not want to miss out on. This group is launching in March and more details will be coming soon. So click the link in the show notes if you want to be first on the list when it launches. And if you're ready to release the old you, the baggage, the weight, the stress, 
and powerfully, powerfully step into the best version of yourself this spring. All right, now it's time to dive into part two, meditation. At this point, I'm you know, I'm positive you've heard of meditation and likely have some ideas of what it is. There are a lot of ideas floating around about meditation, different kinds of meditation, especially in the Christian world. And I just want to take a quick second to touch on that and define exactly what I mean when I say meditation. First off, if you're in the Christian world, it's likely you've heard that meditation is not good. It's evil. It's wrong to practice. Um, And so you know, while my heart for this episode is not to go into the full depth and the history of meditation, I do just want to clear up exactly what I'm referring to when I say meditation. When Christians discuss meditation in this way that I've just described as being wrong, they're usually referring to Eastern meditation, such as transcendental meditation practices whose sole purpose is to connect us to a spiritual realm, reach a sort of nirvana state, Uh, to a complete freedom, like oneness with self or with, you know, this divine energy. There's a whole, there's a whole lot more you can certainly research on your own uh, if you'd like, but this is not what I'm referring to when I say meditation, okay? So to be clear, when I discuss meditation here on the show as a Christian, the Bible does not support that kind of meditation that I just described. But in fact, Uh, Many times it tells us not to mess with the spiritual realm, like going to fortune tellers and mediums, etc. So I ain't messing with that stuff, okay? And that's not what I'm referring to here. However, the biblical writers often talk of meditation, and here is the context in which they use it. One example is, of course, the famous Psalm 1, 2 through 3, where David says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's this beautiful imagery of meditating on God's law day and night because it's it's a beautiful thing that he loves. And because he's meditating on it day and night, it roots him, keeps him rooted. It keeps him flourishing and thriving. He brings forth fruit. He does not wither. Then there's Isaiah 26, 3, and it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I love that imagery. His mind is stayed on you. It's fixed. It's like rooted, you know, planted in that place. Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. So here, you know, just a couple of examples. There's so many more that you can look up on your own. Um, Here we see meditation as dwelling on the scripture, on the precepts and the teachings of God, on who God is. We see it as this like mental state, right? We see whose mind is stayed on you. It's this fixed place of living, of dwelling in that place of just having God in your mind, thinking of God, thinking of his word, always in the back of your mind that roots us, right? Now, something I love, 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 fun fact, the direct translation of this word in scripture is the same word as how a cow chews its cud. (laughs) Not to get graphic, guys, but we know how a cow chews its cud. It chews it over and over. It swallows it. It regurgitates it back up. Sorry, I had to say it, but it's a wonderful picture. It's a wonderful picture of meditation, of spending time 
with God's word, with his precepts, with himself, really letting the nutrients and the life from him nourish and dwell and soak up into our body and mind. So that state of peace and calm of dwelling and abiding in Jesus. So that's one element of meditation that I I love, right? I love referring to our spiritual life, which as I've said, we're going to dive further into that next week. But the other pieces that I'm referring to here that are vital and are so beautifully beneficial for our holistic health, mind, body, spirit, are these two pieces, breath work and mindfulness. Now, breath work is a strategy with all sorts of different avenues or breathing practices to reduce stress and keep the body in a healthy and balanced state. It helps us to regulate our nervous system and reduce anxiety, which in turn significantly lowers disease and risk of disease in all areas of the body, since stress and anxiety and a nervous system that's out of whack can be the point, the starting point for so much illness. Now, mindfulness is the practice of creating awareness around what's going on in our body, in our spirit, or around us. Because we're often rushing through our day and our life, not really stopping to listen to what our body's telling us, what our spirit's telling us, or what's going on around us. Maybe we're pushing ourselves too hard and need to rest. Maybe we're not stretching properly or recovering between exercise or giving our body the nourishment that it needs with food or with quiet time or with time doing something fun. Maybe we're not respecting our own boundaries and letting others walk on us, which is sending us up internal red flags and alarm bells, but we're too caught up in just making it through the day and what's going on around us uh, and just trying to get ahead, trying to get ahead because we're always behind. We're too busy doing that to stop and listen and change the course. There's a myriad of reasons that mindfulness is important. One fun thing is I just love how Jesus went off alone to pray. He was constantly leaving the disciples going off into the mountain or a hill or the woods to be alone in early in the morning when like everyone's sleeping off to have that quiet time to be renewed, to pray, to be with the father. I think if he needed this time of quiet, of peace and aloneness with the Lord, how much more do we? So we're going to dive more into that spiritual formation element of that next week, but let's explore this idea of meditation and mindfulness and breath work a bit more. I want to tell you my top three benefits of mindfulness and breath work through the practice of meditation. The first benefit is improved digestion and weight loss, aka a calm nervous system. Yes, you heard me right there. <laughs> weight loss, improved digestion. What? Why? Because slowing down your breathing and your chewing even slows down your nervous system and puts you back into that parasympathetic nervous system. Because when you're stressed out and busy and anxious, your body is working out of the sympathetic nervous system, which is the nervous, which is the system of your fight or flight. It's your anxious, it's your high alert, I'm highly attentive, but I'm not doing anything else. So the, when you're in that sympathetic state, it shuts off your digestion because it can't focus on giving energy there. It's too focused on all the red flags dinging in your brain to keep you safe. <laughs> So it shuts off your digestion and you end up with gut problems, with bathroom problems, and even holding weight that you otherwise could be losing. And I hear this so much from clients who are like, 
quote unquote, eating the right things, you know, they're working out and it's like, why am I not losing the weight? Oftentimes it's because you're addicted to that rush of busyness, man, especially today in this world, like it is hard to slow down. It takes intention, but I have good news. It can be simple. Okay. It can be done super simply and even quickly. So I'm going to give you my favorite tool to break out of the sympathetic or stressed out state and get back into that relaxed ideal state for eating and digestion and even just for living throughout your whole day. It's called the 557 breath. So what you do is you inhale for five seconds through your nose, you hold your breath for five seconds, and you exhale for five, for seven seconds. You do this four times, which should take you about two minutes right before you eat. And you'll end up being ready to eat your meal and digest it properly without worrying about that gas and bloating or trouble afterwards. Seriously, it's magic. I have a pretty pretty good routine down, but um, several months ago, I was just dealing with a lot of like gas and bloating and it was like constant after I would eat, my stomach was just upset and it was so frustrating. And I was like, Sarah, you have been through this, you know better, like what the heck is going on? (laughs) And it's, man, it's exhausting. And I realized if I just took a few seconds, right? Two minutes, maybe you can even do it for one minute, right? See how it feels. Um, to do this breath work before eating, it intentionally takes me out of any stresses of the day that I'm dealing with and calms me down so that my body can actually take the nutrients that it needs from the food, break it down. I have not had any gas or bloating since, uh, since doing this. And it's just like, it's, it's amazing. It's magic. It's will work wonders. (laughs) The other amazing thing is that because it's slowing you down and putting you into that parasympathetic state, you're no longer releasing the stress hormones like cortisol into your system, which just screw with your metabolism. And you will actually start to lose the weight that you've been trying to lose simply for this one factor. You're not stressed out all the time. This breathwork can be done any time of the day. And I recommend setting a timer on your phone throughout the day or before certain meetings or time, just times when you know that you might get stressed out so you can be proactive at calming yourself down and overall strengthening your ability to regulate your nervous system. All right, number two is more joy and less anxiety, aka a calm mind. So obviously some of what we just discussed is overlapping with this right here, but let's just dive deeper into that relationship that it has with mental health. When you have a calmer nervous system, when your body is slowing down, it's relaxing, it's not on overload or burnout, rushing from thing to thing to thing, trying to catch up because you're always behind, that inevitably, when you're not in that state, it inevitably allows your mind to also calm down and rest. Now, this... I hear, a, I hear a question going off, but if I'm not rushing, I can't get anything done. This does not imply that you won't be productive because you're going to be slowing down and resting. What this does show, however, is that you'll likely be more productive on the things that matter because you'll be working and living from living life from a place of calm and peace and clarity and intention, not a place of anxiousness, of 
burnout, of overwhelm, of feeling behind and needing to catch up. My gosh, that's the worst place to be sucking. I hate it. I hate that place. Slowing down for two minutes, a couple of times a day. And my favorite, slowing down for at least 10 minutes first thing in the morning to just breathe, to sit in the quiet, to be alone, even if you have to go in a closet. I thankfully have a separate room now, my office space that I come in in the morning to do this, to do a little quiet meditation work. Just quietly like listening to my body, noticing how I'm feeling, if I'm carrying any emotions first thing in the morning, just breathing, slowing myself down first thing in the morning. It's such a powerful practice because starting that way first thing in the morning when I'm tired, when I'm still waking up, it gives me the space to wake up in a state that's calm, in a state that's not frantic or just rushing straight into the day. It's a state of control. It's a state of peace. And it gives you that power over the rest of your day, that intention over the rest of your day that you need to accomplish the things that you actually want to accomplish and live the way you want to live out of that place of security, of peace, which inevitably brings more joy into your life, less anxiety by calming your mind. Number three is reclaim your power with clarity and vision for your life aka live the unstuck life so we have calmed our body from being stuck in that state of panic and stress we've released the extra weight that we've been holding on to physically and mentally and we've gained clarity and vision by starting our day calmly and maintaining that calm with two two minute breaks throughout the day Now we are set up to fully reclaim our power over our lives with vision and strength to get unstuck from the places that have been holding us back. We do this by first having the awareness of where we are stuck, where we are hurting, and what we need. We gain this vision through taking those times of quiet each morning and intentionally living out of that place of calm, awareness, and intention. Now we can live out our life with clarity to understand the struggles that we're facing, the relationships that need mending or attention, the job that we have to quit because it's toxic. Like whatever it is, we're set up best in this state of calm and control and of peace to fully understand our present situation and to fully engage with it, to fully engage with it. That's so hard when you're facing things that are stressful and overwhelming. And I just feel like God wants us to fully engage with things, but we can't do that when we're working from a place of stuck, when we're not working from a place of where God needs us to be mentally, emotionally, physically, right? So we're set up best in this state of calm to fully understand our present situation and learn how to mend and strategize what steps in our life have to be taken next. This is such a beautiful thing and it does not happen quickly or overnight. I'm sorry to say it does take a lot of practice because the reality is when we're constantly living in that state of anxiety, that rushed state of panic, of fight or flight, we're not giving ourselves enough time to come up for air, let alone look around and see what condition we are in or those around us. And even have the time to heal. We turn to quick fixes like 
eating our emotions or stuffing them down with distractions like movies or spending money or other things when really these signs of discomfort, of sickness in our body, of stress, it's our body's alarm clock trying to wake us up saying, I need to heal, I need help, I need to get back to that healthy baseline state of peace, rest, and joy. So now that you've learned the 557 breath and some tools to create real lasting change in your physical and mental health through nutrition and intentional meditation and breath work, you are ready to implement. And I'm stoked because I have the perfect tool to guide you along this journey and it's my new year transformation journal. It's totally free. I made it just for you to help you exactly with these things, to take you on that first big step to break out of that place of stuck that you've been in. So whether it's that state of stress, being in some kind of emotional funk, just not being able to get things off the ground and to turn your health and your life around, this is going to be a game changer. And it's super, super simple. It's a guidebook to get you on the right path in 2024 and to begin to implement all the things that we've talked about today. So go ahead and grab that by clicking the link in the show notes below. You don't want to miss that. Such a fun tool. I would love to love to hear how you implement it, how uh, you're using it, how it's working for you. So be sure to send me a note on Instagram at Sarah James Daily or pop it right in here at my email in the show notes or even in a review. Would love, love, love that. So thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Unstuck. Next week, we'll be diving into the finale of this series with the last final two pieces, rest and spiritual life. All right, cannot wait to see you there. I'll see you next week.